my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How okay. was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It, it really is. <laughs> yeah. What's up? I'm Laura Carenti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia, episode 11. One, one. One, one. We're back from 4th of July. And we were with some folks that we really love, some family. And Laura had this hilarious conversation with my grandmother-in-law. Her name's Mama. Definitely one of the most advanced 87-year-old women I've ever encountered with social media. Um, my favorite thing she does is post incessantly pictures of my German Shepherd Jacks on the I Love GSD page. And if you follow that page, you will notice that she posts so many pictures that Jax often gets featured. And I'm not sure if it's because they want her to stop posting pictures or because they just really think my dog <laughs> is beautiful. But I've just been so enthralled by how much Facebook has given her 
uh, later years in life, just a different meaning, different than the way you use it, the way I use it, the way we talk about it on the show. It's her connection to and the it's world. It's a connection to the world. Yeah. And she will tell you that um, for somebody that is a social butterfly, she is, she doesn't like to go out that much anymore. And it's her way of keeping, you know, in touch with friends, but also just being aware of everything that's happening. Um, we're going to have a little fun with her at the end of the show. But before then, we have a very good friend and colleague who has been with us not only on the Adlandia journey, but really with us in the last four, four years, five, yeah, four, five years, who has worked with us on all the major things that we've done and has amazing perspective and is truly one of the up and coming talents in the industry. So all under the age of 30. Oh, God, it makes me sad. <laughs> but Corbin Brown will be with us, who is a uh, strategy director over at Giant Spoon. And I think it'll be fun to hear both his perspective as to why he left big agency to go work at something less conventional. He was employee number one, which I think is is a ballsy move to make at that age, but also nothing to lose at the same time. And he'll tell us about that. And then we and get meta. And then we get meta. And we talk about podcasting, which he's been begging us. He's like, can we do a podcasting about podcasting? We said, yes, yes. Corbin, we'll do that. We'll do but also bigger than that, like how audio is the through line in the next gen of technology. So we'll be right back with Corbin Brown. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. 
And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing In Heels. Come along with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind-the-scenes details and, of course, drama. I'll be joined by some very special guests that'll be helping me break it all down. From award season nightmares to fashion week insanity, you'll get the real stories behind some of the most iconic moments in the show. The Rachel Zoe Project definitely changed my life and career in so many ways. The show definitely captured some of the most amazing moments, but also some of the absolute worst. I made the show for all the fashion lovers out there, and I'm so happy that people still watch it and love it so much. So do not miss this special takeover on Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Not believe I just said that. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. So today we brought in someone very special, a little young gun, not little, just definitely, young. definitely a young and a gun. Yes, Corbin Brown, director of strategy at Giant Spoon. Welcome, Corbin. Welcome, Great Corbin. Let's just be honest. Corbin and Laura work together. We do. And Corbin, Some would say he reports to me. Corbin would say he doesn't. And Corbin and Laura used to work with me. We did. <laughs> and, well, and we both and reported so, to you. And, and <laughs> some would say you both reported to me. <laughs> so Corbin has done some of, I think, the best thinking in the industry about where audio is going and podcasting. And he was a huge proponent of us going and doing this podcast. So today we're making the show kind of meta as Corbin likes to say, let's do a podcast about podcasting. And so we have a sound effect there. I don't know what it is. I don't is. know what it is. Drum roll, please. <laughs> no? You're not feeling it, Cam? Can you You're like still hanging out in that backyard in Brooklyn from the weekend. Can you do a mic? Yeah, microphone drop. A podcast about podcasting. So, Corbin, you're at Giant Spoon right now, which is effectively a small boutique agency, right? As Giant Spoon likes to say, an yeah. ad agency that doesn't like to make ads. Right. A different kind of agency. <laughs> a different kind of agency. But you started your career at big agencies. Yes, I did. And you hated made it. it. And you hated it. Why did you hate it? I mean, I... So I wanted to, like, I was drawn to advertising because it's this fascinating combination of psychology and anthropology and sociology, all the ologies. But you get to think about how people think. And then you use persuasion and communication to get them to do something, which is really fascinating. So I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, which when you look at it that way, it's kind of similar. You're way too nice to be a lawyer. I was going to be a lawyer. You're not going to say that about me. I was just looking you at you. Like, I would it. never say you would have crushed it. You would have crushed it. So talk a little bit about the transition and you hated it. And well, I do start looking around. What were you looking for? Because I actually think there are a lot of people who are at yeah. large. You are at a media agency. Like I have a large good answer agencies for this. Looking, 
And yeah. They don't even know that they're looking, but they're looking uh, for something different. So I went to a big media agency with, you know, all these big, bright ideas and thought it would be so cool. Um, I was so excited to learn about technology and, and, you know, how people communicate and consume media. And then I found that my job was really to buy ad space. I was a day trader. And that's not what I wanted to Were do. Were you a buyer or are you on the planning side? I was a digital media planner and I would, you know, the, the brief would basically be, it wasn't a brief, it was here's X number of dollars, right? You get a big chunk of change plopped on your desk and your job is to figure out how to spend that money. And what frustrated me just about that even was, well, but like, who am I talking to? And what's the message? And what's the business problem? Like, we were so far away from all of that. So the whole communication aspect of it wasn't really there. And, you know, when we were pitching our plans and building our plans, the clients wanted to see, well, how much money did you save me? How many impressions did I buy? And I just didn't really feel like the work that I was doing was meaningful. Was most of what you were doing like banners? Banners was, and video. Totally. And pre-roll I was buying and, banners. I was buying pre-roll. It's funny. I was talking to a group of clients recently and I asked them if they actually got to know their agencies, like their people on their teams and what they were really good at. And I don't know if we've mentioned this in another episode when we were talking about like influencers, like the innovations at the middle layer. But one of the things I said to them was like, have you talked to the kid that is planning your media and that is working on this work and understand what they're doing and they're like time off because what you will find are these like amazing stories and amazing people who like nowadays, like everybody's got a side hustle, right? So right. like one of the kids that we used to work with had a whole like art club that he was doing and doing this amazing work, you know? Um, do clients, when you were working with them, did you really get to know them? And that doesn't mean like you get to know them. It's personal. It's actually about like, I don't know, leveraging the whole person, right? What and their talking, passions and, and what interests are. Yeah. yeah and, and then like so many people are always trying to talk to the quote millennial, right? And, and we have got, all these yeah, millennials around working us. Working on the business. Working right? on the business who have no voice. I think that clients who ask the questions about who they're working with and who, the, what you know, inspires their people. And what they would do and what, what they, they would think do. of this. Yeah. I, I just don't think, I think that this is going to sound bad, but I think that that's why media agencies are becoming automated because I, I think that it doesn't require critical thinking. It doesn't require creativity or curiosity. In fact, that was one of the reasons why I left was, and I'll never forget this moment. It was like four and a half months in and I was sending around articles because I was trying to understand the media landscape and what was going on. And I would send around articles to like my director and the rest of my team, like, hey, this is really interesting. Like, what do you guys think about this? Just trying to learn. And people would be like, oh, stop sending articles. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so confused right now. But, you know, I, I just think that like, there are a lot of people who come from a financial background whose brains work in that way of, I, I love this game of sort of trading on, an impression. Right. They get the thrill and the excitement from the deal. That's not about communicating. I don't even know if that's a deal, right? It's just like the thrill well, and the excitement of like beating something bidding. down. Bidding. Bidding. I bidding. mean, I think that that's <clears throat> like, I, I like poker. I like to bid right. on stuff. But right. it's a different type of game. It's a different type of motive. It's a different type of way of thinking. You know how you said it doesn't take critical thinking? I actually think programmatic actually does take critical thinking to do it well. Right? Yeah, I agree. It's not fair. Right? 
we've actually shut down the ability for people to think critically or want to think critically. Well, well, I think what you just said is the delineation, right? Because there's two sides of the programmatic game. There's the ones that are turning on an automated algorithm and they're going out and they're finding the cheapest available inventory in front of a specific audience at any given time. And then there are few and far between, which I I wish the industry would lean more into, are the people who are trying to think about how they leverage automated bidding creatively. Yeah. And those are two very distinct things. And automated, I mean, really what it is, the automated audience, right? Segmentation. Right. But how can you tell a narrative in that? Yeah. How can you find ways to make sure that that isn't remnant inventory? I was talking to somebody today about the issue with the dressable TV and how it's the same bad behavior of getting just remnant inventory um, across networks. And just because it's in front of an audience who is, let's just say, female 35 to 54, all of a sudden you went from being on, you know, primetime positioning within programs like This Is Us to like, I love Lucy reruns on the Lifetime Network. Well, so that's the difference because it's what it's are mindset, you buying? mindset, psychology, all of these right. things. So right. critical thinking comes in when you when you start applying context that's and you right. start applying moment. Yeah, so is this moment that. more valuable? Here's where I think we think programmatic gets really interesting is when you start buying experiences. You start trading on, you know, a physical product. Mm-hmm. Then it gets completely different. It changes we've, the yeah, whole outcome. We've the three of us, the three of us yeah. built something about that, right? I mean, it's about programmatic. Actually, it doesn't execute right today. It doesn't execute right today. And it doesn't. Execute the technology right. is right. The technology is the right directionally correct, right? Yeah. But how but, we're using it as advertisers right. and brands is not necessarily serving up experiences that people right. desire, and right. it considers mm-hmm. behavior in the wrong way. So the data comes from the wrong places. And it, it's no fault to the way programmatic works because where else are you going to get data? You get data by watching what people do on the internet. But when we live in this connected world, so I gave a talk about connected disconnect. It was a great talk. And where did we do that? LA? We did that in LA. Yeah. But when you start to aggregate data from your physical body and where you move and where you drive and the temperature of your house and the things that you order, you start to get a fuller picture of who someone is and what they do and where they migrate. And then imagine what do you, that's where critical thinking comes in. Cause what do you, how do you do that? And in comes the audio conversation. What the three of us, I think are we going meta right now? Three years. Let's go meta. Yeah. We're going to go meta podcasting about podcasting, but it's more than podcasting. Right. So like what three years ago, the three of us became obsessed with what was happening in the podcasting space and thinking about how audio, where audio was going to take things. And Serial was the impetus, I think, for a lot of us were like, hold on, wait a minute. Because podcasting, like our um, host family here at Slate, like and Panoply, they've been doing it for 10 years. Plus. Plus. Yeah. But it wasn't really until Serial took hold of Main Street and Gen Pop in terms of listening yeah. to this entertainment that we were like, holy shit. Like, this is not about a 30-second hostry. This is about entertainment in a brand new way. Can I say one quick thing? You guys are giving me way too much credit because one of the things I've been aching to ask you guys in front of your audience, because I listen to your podcast, obviously. You're actually fan number one. Fan number <laughs> one. Thank you. It's, um, <laughs> I'm um, glad that he finally admitted that versus, like, forcing him to say it. What, no. that he's fan number one? I am, I am fan number one. But you are two people that are, you know, brilliant media thinkers and you started a podcast and you became obsessed with podcasting before I did. Why? 
what was it that got you like you guys I've known you for however long and you have these conversations where you get frantic and excited and you're sw- like sweating and pacing <laughs> it's the truth that and then happens, yelling and then yelling and, then yelling. and that is spicy margarita yeah. it's the best yeah. fucking thing ever but that happened with podcasting mm-hmm. and now we believe it's bigger but why did that happen it turned into podcasting right i think it was a bigger discussion about where how you could tell stories. This is really where it started. It was like, how can you tell stories that you can bring people along with you and you're not dictating it? Video was dictating it, right? And everybody was in this video space. And where were you going to actually put video that was really differentiated? How could you take people on a journey with you in a totally different way? Not virtual reality, not video, not pre-roll, not television, not this, not that, right? Because how all could you those do mediums have distractions. They have distractions, but it was they also dictate it. They serve it up. I feel like mm-hmm. when we're talking, I hope, and when I listen to podcasts, like the other day I was listening to Malcolm Gladwell's new season of Revisionist History. Um, he was telling these brilliant stories. And my mind was just like wandering. It's like reading a book, right? So I know, like, what, what, what book do you remember sitting on the beach reading and like, imagining? Shoe Dog. I just did it. Okay, Shoe Dog. You do? Yeah, you were texting yep. me about Shoe Dog. Okay. I was going on the journey to Japan into the shoe factories, meeting these people along the way. And it was the first time in a long time in a visual medium that I allowed my mind to escape. Yeah, yeah. literature. Why? Was because the first... nobody was dictating. And you it. felt close to Phil Knight. But what I want to get to is like, yeah, and and the reason that this is so powerful right now and why we leaned into podcasting is where everybody else in the industry was chasing reach and frequency. We were running down like, you know. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. We went the other way. And we were hell-bent on this idea that attention and impact were the new reach frequency. So before other people in the industry were talking about, I day trade attention, we were like, you can day trade whatever you want all day long. What we were focused on was really how something. do you really build something that not only captivates people but creates impact. And I'm not talking about a five second, you know, six second ad on, you know, any social media, insert social media platform X. It's truly bringing people along a journey that they opt in to listen to in an it's uninterrupted intimate intimate manner the conversations we have on this show in particular are exactly the you know this are exactly the conversations we have off the show yeah why wouldn't you guys do this as a video so why don't you make a video series laura said go to ad week and do a video series my my brother told me i have a face for radio (laughs) like only like a brother (laughs) like only like a brother would i think the biggest thing was like i didn't want to dictate the experience so much i wanted I think, you know, and Laura and I agreed with that. We were like, there's so much to be said. And like you said, you don't have to see us to like be with us. That And there was something kind of like genius. That doesn't mean that's not something that we're going to do. That doesn't mean that we don't think video is the right place. But for Adlandia to begin, and you even said this to us, like people want to listen to these conversations. People want to be a part of these conversations. I don't know if this is an original thought or not, but I was like you're transporting me back to this era when we were all like huffing and puffing and freaking out you guys first. And I jumped on the bandwagon, but that was like the heart of like the golden age of TV. And you have all of this storytelling that's incredibly long form hours and hours and hours, not just a two hour movie hours and hours and hours, not just, you know, 45 minutes prime time on TV. You know, you're committing to binging something and that changed how people thought about entertainment and stories. And I kind of think that the reason why Syria was so powerful was because people realized that it's not the golden age of 
TV, it's this golden age of storytelling. Yeah, I think that's, that's brilliant. Right. I was and just going to... audio yeah. is... That's right. Audio is just as ripe, if not more ripe. I and agree. here's why I, it gets me so excited now is because, and I didn't make this up, but it's the most portable medium that has ever been created, especially when you can stream it. You know, you don't have to download it like a on your iPod, which is why it's called a podcast. But I think that's why we're all so obsessed with it and why we feel like it's not a... You know, it's you could call it a channel. I would say it's a platform. It's as audio is as horizontal in its, in its impact and its importance as artificial intelligence. Well, narration, storytelling from the beginning of time. If you want to take it all the way back, I wish Malcolm was here to right. talk to us about it. Would be this idea of like theater, right? And this is something that the three of us have talked a lot about. Was entertainment again about storytelling and a narration? And what was one of the first mediums that ever existed was radio. When you think even before television, right. that's how people were getting their information. They were huddling around a box and turning on the dial and limited channel options, but electing to be entertained. And I think, you know, Alexa said it like this is not everything old that's new again. It's technology coming in and actually taking a medium and opening up in my in my perspective a whole to new world. A whole new world. It's no longer good enough to say, I want to have a podcast strategy. Podcast is one element in the larger audio ecosystem and we've talked about when the interface goes away and all you're left is sight sound and motion the interface being your laptop your cell phone what happens so we, we were i was super lucky this morning to talk to a guy named doug clinton who's the founder of loop ventures um it was something that giant spoon organized and he came in and spoke to one of our founders trevor and what was really fascinating He's was... fan number two, by the way, Trevor. Trevor's fan number two. He'll never admit it, He'll though. He'll never admit <laughs> Never. So Doug was talking about the four sort of themes that his firm is founded upon. And it's AR, VR, AI, artificial intelligence, and robotics. And I was sitting there thinking about audio, 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 is that if you look at the bleeding edge of technology, what is the one thing that crosses... Also, all the way through. Is all audio. the way through. Audio. We've talked so much about what is the brand visual language. It's like, honey, you better turn the page. What is the brand's audio language? What is just the brand's language, right? Brand's and you don't have language. to say audio right. in that instance. And so we've talked a lot about the need for mnemonics and calls to action and ways in which you're engaging with brands that are just as unique as a logo that has presumably equity for some brands and the millions and billions of dollars. Well, what happens when you don't see that logo anymore? What happens when the red and white Coca-Cola can is no longer visible? How do I order that? Or how do I experience it? Right. Like, how do I experience open happiness? What does it sound like? How do brands start intersecting into our lives in a way where we don't have to push play? Interesting. Right? That's an interesting way to think about and it. And I think when brands start getting into this space outside of just advertising, the world's going to open up really, really wide, right? It's going to be like a whole nother adventure into like what digital was when the internet started. What's well, mind blowing. Like if you, if you're on your commute and you're, you know, your automated assistant knows you have nine minutes to get to the office, then there's a whole nother set of data points that, okay, well, Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's and Burger King can all make you a sandwich in five minutes, but one is closer geographically on the way to your office so maybe their bid is a little bit cheaper and Dunkin' Donuts is going to have to pay more to get you to veer off your route and go pick up their breakfast sandwich. But then what if, you know, 
your health tracker is saying, well, you didn't work out yesterday and you only did 4,000 steps. So Life is so fucked. It's crazy. Can I pivot to a different rabbit hole for a second? I think what's interesting about it, right, is this idea of how brands are thinking about partnering with one another. So, yes, you have Bezos buying Whole Foods. But what happens when oh. Tesla starts to do those partnerships with Starbucks and then they start connecting those data points and making that a built-in experience within their data set? Right. So then does Tesla become a media company? Bum, 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 bum. I mean, this. <laughs> I think that I... <laughs> Corbin's face was like, Psh. yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, yeah, they do. I was listening to TRX. Uh, They're uh, going to say TRL. I... No, 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 where? Like, where? <laughs> TRL. 1993. The, uh, I like the podcast, How I Made This. Yeah. A lot and of people do. they're becoming a content company. So I could not agree with you more, but I feel like. That's why you have every single major tech company, you know, the top five companies in the world are friggin' Facebook, Amazon, Google, Microsoft. And that's why they're all going into this, you know, voice assistant, AI, audio, because they're going to be the ones that are going to have the platform that connects all of the connected cars to all of the restaurants, to all of the platforms where all of those things bid to serve you products instead of ads. So bringing this all the way full circle. Yeah. What you just brought our listeners through in terms of the way you're thinking about the world in front of you, it doesn't exist in a traditional media mix. It just doesn't. The reason why I was drawn to Giant Spoon and the mission of Giant Spoon is that when you strip away the boundaries of this over here is media, this over here is creative, this over here is PR, you don't get to think like a marketer. And I actually think, you know, now that I've started to hire people That's for my right. team, I think that I love this idea of the slashy, and I think the next slashy is the media planner copywriter. And I think every single human being has to have innovation in their title because of everything that we were just talking about. If you don't care deeply about media and about technology and about how all of these things are changing, then what are you doing? So I think that, you know, the people that I hire, I want them to have these weird hybrid backgrounds because I want them to think about marketing and I certainly want them to be able to do one thing really, really well and really, really deeply, but I want everyone to think and behave like a slashy. And if you know media, then go and learn how to copyright. What's a slashy, Corbin? A slashy is, so I, this idea, is, I think, came out of creative agencies that were- There was a book written, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, like- Oh, is that where the careers. term slashy came in? I, but like, creative agencies have the predator, the producer-editor- they have, you know, people who are direct. I've never heard about the predator. The predator. So you're starting to find these hybrid roles of people collapsing and doing multiple things. And I think that every single agency is going to start to have that. And I so agree. I want people that are just as, you know, pithy and able to write incredible copy and come up with taglines. I want to have those people do media. I want to have those people be the ones that are building content partnerships with publishers. I want those to be the people that are um, that are coming up with marketing plans for you know the launch of like maybe a new not podcast. taglines. We're gonna kill the tagline. I agree. Slashies for the win. Slashies for the win. I love that. So with I that, like it. with I, that, I, we went through a lot of stuff. It wasn't just podcasting about podcasting. We got meta for a second. We got meta for a second and hit audio, but we're definitely gonna have you back, Corbin, because you were one that. of. One of our best and brightest friends, but also in the industry. So Yes. And we know that nobody can find you on social media. Because <laughs> you've shunned because it. You've shunned it. But people can find you at Corbin.brown at GiantSpoon.com. Exactly. Well, thanks for coming. So since thanks we can't find you guys. on social media, we talked to someone else who you can find on social media. 
That's right. So we had a little fun with a candid audio because you I can't say can- camera. No, it's candid audio slash America's funniest home audio, I, something like that. Um, with my grandmother-in-law, um, who is the most active eighty-seven-year-old I know on Facebook, who has recently converted and self-taught um, her way onto Instagram. So have fun with this one, Atlandia. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing In Heels. Come along with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and, of course, drama. I'll be joined by some very special guests that'll be helping me break it all down. From award season nightmares to fashion week insanity, you'll get the real stories behind some of the most iconic moments in the show. The Rachel Zoe Project definitely changed my life and career in so many ways. The show definitely captured some of the most amazing moments, but also some of the absolute worst. I made the show for all the fashion lovers out there, and I'm so happy that people still watch it and love it so much. So do not miss this special takeover on Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Not believe I just said that. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Oh, I did it on Instagram? Yeah, you posted on Instagram. 
oh, I had I had Roseanne here. We were fooling around. So Roseanne put it up just, you know, I said, put this. This is nice. So then I said, let's practice. So I, was, I had a bowl of cherries on the table, and I was taking the pictures. When I went on my phone, I had about 10, 12 pictures of cherries that I had to delete, delete, delete. <laughs> Don't ask me how that thing. Now, this is another thing. What is your name on Instagram? What is it? Yeah. Mama Tataro. Oh, okay. Next, we'll have to get you on Snapchat. Oh, Snapchat. Oh, that's where you put the ears, the nose. <laughs> yeah, all the filters. Oh, oh, I'd never put my face like that. Never. <laughs> I lucky took this face. <laughs> but you have more photo profile swaps than anybody I know with the seasons on Facebook. You change your photo with like, it's oh, like yeah. a, it's like a calendar pinup. I'm going to change my cover. But are all your friends on Facebook? I'm curious. Like, do they chat with you on there? No, none of them. They wouldn't know what the hell it's (laughs) all about. My young friends, but the friends like my age, not a one. (laughs) Not a one. So how do they know, like, what's going on? Well, sometimes I'll send Papalitas a picture. How about what I do with those uh, bitmojis? Bitmojis, yes. Oh, what I do with those bitmojis. The girl who does my uh, vendor placement, I don't talk to her anymore. I just send her a bitmoji. And she knows exactly what I want. Uh, She looks forward to the bitmojis. What do you send to her? Like, give me an example. Um, Like, if she didn't answer my text <laughs> and then there's a girl on her me on me it's supposed to be me hand on hip said, did you get my text and that's all <laughs> then, then they, oh i got so so many it's, i i can't how could i get it on my ipad <laughs> i'll show you i'll show you you're making me laugh so hard i'm crying <laughs> I'm trying to think of that. What else? So I can't. So you're 87, right? You just turned 87. Well, you got to advertise that. (laughs) But you're communicating through Bitmojis. Did you ever think you'd see the day? No, never. (laughs) Who thought I'd see the day of going on Facebook? When it first came out, I said, not me. Not me. I'll never go on there. And now I'm never off. I know. You're an adult. No, it's, it's good for me, uh, Laura. I know. It it's keeps you young. For me. I mean, you know I don't go out. So uh, doing this, I know what's going on. And uh, and people enjoy my my pictures that I put up. Your great-grand-dog is famous? I got to go get more pictures. I know. In my album, the old ones, because then I could put a, I could put up a TBT. A TBT? Yeah. What's a TBT? Throwback Thursday. Holla! <laughs> I don't even know what hashtag is either. That's the pound sign when you do pound sign the TBT. Sign. Yep, that's right. That's a number sign to me. Well, it's also a hashtag for the young kids. Oh. I gotta go. My producer's calling me. All right. I'll talk to you later. Love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
So that's it, episode 11. We got meta, we got grandma. This better be lucky, number 11. (laughs) (laughs) So many people to thank, as always, our family at Slate and Panoply. Cameron Drews, our producer. What up, Cameron Drews? Matt Turk. Andy Bowers. Thanks, everybody. And if you would be so kind, head on over to wherever you're listening to podcasts and please leave us a review. It helps other listeners who are interested in marketing and advertising discover this show. And... Follow us at Atlandia Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can also email us at atlandiapodcast at gmail.com. Please let us know what you think. And also, we're building community, a community of people in this industry who exist, who are out there, who are talking about things in a different way, who are doing things in a different way. We want to hear from you. So talk to us, Atlandia. We'll be back in two weeks with an all new episode. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. 11 is my number. It is. I am fanatical about it. I wore it in every sport my whole entire life. I sit in the That's 11th weird. row on So airplanes. we're going to say that and I you need to say that. I put my shit in the gym in, the, in a locker are number 11. Are you recording 11. this? Oh, keep going. It's like <laughs> no, keep fucking weird that this is episode 11. I love that. It's got to be, clip that it's gotta be a good sign, right? Or a terrible sign. It's a great sign. It's a great sign. And, we're in, our, sign. and we're in our magic studio. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.